0: Well, hey, hey there, Happies. How y'all doing, huh? Long time, no podcast, I know. Um, you know, lately, I've been thinking a lot about, uh, change, you know, the word change, change in our lives and, you know, changes, being able to change or being afraid to change, you know, um... Because there's a good friend of mine uh, Who lives out in California Actually, I did a podcast about him Maybe a couple years ago His name is Eric Eric Mus Barnes If you're curious to reference that podcast It's under his name The Singularity Podcast Eric Mus Barnes And, uh, you know, my my friend Eric Is really a creative person A very interesting person And uh, inspiring to me in a lot of ways, you know, and uh, we met a long time ago, you know, back when Pipe Choir first started, even before Pipe Choir really had gotten going and uh, we hit it off. We became friends and it just so happened that he was a video producer and I was making music and, you know, we got together and we remained friends, you know, for 30 years now, you know, so... I'm talking to my friend Eric the other day and, you know, there's all all this stuff going on in California, you know, and uh, my friend Eric a few years back had decided to sell all of his belongings and move out to the Mojave Desert and live in a tiny home on a pretty substantial sized piece of land out there in the desert, you know, kind of isolated, kind of by himself. But, you know, he's kind of an interesting character and, you know, it makes sense to me anyway, it would make sense. And, you know, um, there was a pretty big change for him, you know, and he was not really afraid to make that kind of change. I, I don't think he ever has been, you know, he's, he's not the kind of person who is afraid to change. It's probably one of his strong points, you know, one of his strengths. But we were talking and uh, just kind of you know, talking about the wildfires in California and talking about the homelessness and this mass exodus of people out of California. And, uh, you know, he's one of the people that I know personally that, you know, I can talk to about that kind of stuff. And his opinion will be an educated opinion, you know, and uh It was kind of funny because I was under the impression from him, um, just, I guess, by assumption, I guess, you know, I was just assuming, you know, that he was pretty confident about staying where he lived and everything. And, uh, you know, he was going to continue to live in this tiny house out there in the desert, even though, you know, there's this mass exodus of people out of California But he confided in me, and he kind of told me that he has lately been really kind of getting sick of, well, one, living in that tiny home. You know, it's kind of, you know, too small, you know. Uh, So, you know, he tried the experiment, and he lived it out, and now he's ready to change. You know, he wants to change. And, uh, you know, so he's... Going about the business of, you know, finding another place to live, you know, dealing with the land and uh, how to rent out this tiny home to somebody or something, you know, out there in the desert, which is probably next to impossible, but nothing is impossible for Eric. So, um, uh, I was kind of taken aback a little bit, you know, and it just kind of got me to thinking about that whole notion of change, you know, not, uh, Political change, you know, but like, oh, I guess political, any kind of change, change that is big or small, or personal or public, or, you know, there's just so many different, there are so many different permutations of change. You know, the definition is probably a pretty simple one, but, you know, it can be applied to pretty much anything in the human experience. You know, the seasons change. Uh, you know our personalities change our bodies change you know I mean I know for sure one thing I can't stand is the fact that my eyesight you know after you get a little bit older your eyesight starts to change and oh I can't stand it you know I've talked about it before I know but I'm going to say it again I just can't stand it you know that kind of that kind of change you know I rely so much on my eyes and and to have that diminish in any way is such a major inconvenience for me Um, but that's just one example of change I mean, there's different kinds of change and different levels of change and, um, you know, some change is very serious and some is uh, not so serious some is actually pretty fun and elective, you know Um, some change is... uh, decided by you, you know, or some changes, you know, you have no control over it. You have to change, you know, something happens in your life or someone, you know, exits your life or enters your life or something like that happens and you have to, you know, change. You, you can't stay the same. You have to change. Um, you know, so, Like I said, you know, talking to Eric, it just got me to thinking about all this. You know, it's a pretty complex uh, thing to think about. And, you know, I figured in lieu of my last podcast or last couple, they've kind of been either political or I did those five day podcasts where I'm changing, (laughs) changing um, the um, theme or, you know, I change every day, you know, when I do those five day podcasts, rather than doing just one theme, I'll. Start on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Each day I have a different thought. Well, I, th- I thought today would be a good opportunity to return back to this idea of like one single topic. And that topic obviously is change. But uh, there again, you know, there's a change that I elected to do. It's a change that I chose, I've chosen to do, like to change my podcasts, right? That's decision. It's a form of change, right? And, um, speaking of changing podcasts, I don't know if you're aware of it or not. I don't know if you follow Joe Rogan or not, but I do. And I really enjoy a lot of his podcasts, not all of them, but a lot of them. And, uh, you know, recently he just made that deal with Spotify to switch his podcast over to their platform and, And, you know, for like $350 million or something crazy like that. And, oh, it's a big deal. That's a big change. And that's going to change a lot in the world of podcasting. But, you know, okay, so the new podcast and the new location starts. And it's like, oh, my gosh. You know what? They changed everything. They changed everything about that podcast except for Joe Rogan. So the set is different. It's like, it's just a very, very unusual and disappointing change. And that's not just my opinion. If you go to any one of his more recent podcasts, you can see the comments that people are leaving. And, you know, a lot of the comments are mean-spirited, but that's kind of like typical, you know, on the Internet. Very often the voices of kindness and you know goodwill are drowned out by the voices of you know shitheads and people that have bad will you know uh, unfortunately that's how the world works but anyway i i digress back to this idea of the joe rogan podcast it's a perfect example of at least in my opinion how change can be bad and it could be uh, like too much it could be overdone um Personally, I think it was a mistake. I could be wrong, maybe time will prove me wrong, but I think that it is a mistake that Joe Rogan and his team and the Spotify people, whoever sat down to make those decisions, they made the wrong decision. They made a lot of them actually. And they changed his podcast too much to the point where it's really difficult to watch. I mean, at least to me it is. It's difficult to watch. I guess he's got some, I don't know, Hindu symbol or something behind him on the wall. And, uh, you know, I wasn't sure what it was at first. To me, it looked like uh, somebody had described it as a, uh, what was it, an alien stove. And that's what it looks like. <laughs> I thought it was kind of like... Um, Like circuitry, like it was supposed to be circuitry for some kind of you know technology or something, but here it turns out that it's a spiritual symbol, and uh, that you know this coming from a guy who has like no problem, (laughs) you know denying Christianity or any other religion, but here's this symbol behind him, you know, make of that whatever you will, but it's like oh brother, you had such a good thing, why? Why did you change everything? Why did you change everything? That was such a huge mistake. I don't get it. You know, I just don't get it. You have a good thing going. Aren't you wise? And well, you know, here's the thought. At least I have is like, you know, you got that thing going. You started that podcast. You did it and you built it up to what it was don't you have the common sense to know you don't change everything you know like you try to keep it at least when you're in transition try to keep it you know relatable to the people who have helped you get to where you are you know these millions of people myself included it's like oh, too much change it's an example of it right it can happen and I don't know Maybe you don't care. Maybe you're the kind of person who uh, embraces change and you like change. And I like to think that I am in a lot of ways, but, you know, not with everything, you know. And that's kind of an interesting thing to think about in and of itself, right? Deciding what kind of change you want in your life that is good or bad, you know, and what motivates that change. Is it like something that's internal, something that, you know, is driven from within inside of you? As a person, as a personality or a creative person or an analytical person, whatever it is, you know, whatever you are, uh, does that change, that desire for change, where does that come from? Where does it originate? What motivates your desire to change? Think about that. That's a pretty heavy question. What motivates your desire, you? The person listening to this podcast right now, what drives or what motivates your desire to change or your desire to not change? You know, what kind of things motivate that? Are you motivated by fear? You know, are you motivated to change by fear? Are you motivated to not change by fear? Are you motivated by financial gain or secondary gain? Or, you know, are you just motivated by excitement and experimentation, scientific experimentation? You know, just sometimes it's good to do that, right? I think it is. I'm going to get a sip of my coffee here. I suggest that you do the same thing. Hopefully you have your coffee with you right now. And if you don't, maybe while I'm taking a sip, go grab one. You won't miss much but hang on one second. Oh, man. Mm. Oh, I swear. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. That is the best cup of coffee I have ever had. The best cup of coffee you can ever have is the one that you're drinking. Hmm. Okay, so, you know, I talked about Eric and how he inspired this whole podcast and this idea of change, thinking about change and talked about Joe Rogan. So maybe I'll talk a little bit about myself. You know, I kind of have, you know, been thinking about it and, um, you know, I'm the kind of person that likes to change. I do. uh, Certain things I don't want to change, but definitely most of the time. I want things to change, like uh, my haircut, my beard, um, the clothes I wear. Um, I like to change. I like to change those things. I don't like to get stuck in one kind of look or one kind of thing. Um, There are some things that, you know, don't change very much, you know, like the kinds of shoes that I wear, (laughs) you know, but um, personally, I kind of find a lot of uh, value in changing frequently you know um, but sometimes change comes around and it's not something that you planned or it's not something that you necessarily wanted you know but uh, you gotta change like I had some issues with my health a while back a few years back in 2014 Wow, I can't believe it, it was six years ago already but you know health-wise, I kind of got some bad news and thought that I was in some trouble health-wise, so I had to change, you know, and oh, I hated it, because one of the things I don't like to change is like the food I eat, you know, the type of food I eat, the kind of food I eat, I don't like that to be determined by anything other than you know, my palate and my taste, you know, what I want to eat, but there I was in a situation where the doctor was telling me, you really have to change. So I did. Reluctantly, I had to. And uh, tried to stick with it, you know, tried to stay with it. I want to live, you know. So uh, no problems with that anymore. But still, there's yet another example of that that idea of change, you know. Change I didn't want, you know. Um, another form of change, you know, I... Over the past few years, um, you know, with my music and everything, my popularity has grown a little bit, and you know, a little more uh, international now than I was six years ago, let's say. So I've had the opportunity to kind of get a taste of that kind of thing, and you know what? I don't, I don't necessarily really, you know. Well, I guess I should be more specific. You know, it's like this idea. I, I think about this, okay? After hours when I'm just, you know, I have time to think. I think about the idea of, like, what do I want as an artist and, a, and as a musician? You know, there's a whole lot of change involved in doing something like what I'm doing. There's, this concept of change is perpetual. And there's certain kinds of change... That are good, you know, and I have to kind of be open to, Um, you know, like, for example, you know, as you know, I'm releasing new music. Right. And I have uh, throughout the process of writing these songs, you know, and putting them together, recording them. I have, um, you know, had to kind of submit myself intellectually to this notion of. You know, I have a plan of what I want to do, but more often than not, with this particular group of songs, uh, this collection of songs, um, I've had to change my plan as I went along. And that's not usually how I operate, okay? I'm usually pretty precise and concise about what I want and what I'm gonna do, but You know, I intentionally changed, you know, entering into this new album. I changed my thinking. I talked about it in a podcast before. I know I did where, you know, it's like I I had wanted um, my new music to be a little less uh, conventional, a little less linear, you know, than my previous songs that I've recorded and released. So this process of putting this album together has really been kind of open-ended. Even though I have some kind of plan in my mind of what I want the outcome to be, the you know, in the, in the end, what I want it to sound like, um, I can give you a couple of examples. I can give you a recent one where I had a plan, you know, and I had to change that plan. And it wasn't anything that I could really decide. It was kind of decided for me by, you know, what fate or something else where, you know, like, okay, I have this song that I was going to release after Sedusa, my most recent song that I'm releasing, Sedusa. And um There's a lot of change with that song. Let me tell you, there were a lot of little micro changes along the way with that song that, you know, is an older one. But anyway, the song after that, I had a plan to release the song called the dotted line, which was an older song. And I wanted to revisit it and give it a facelift. But what wound up happening was by some mishap of guitar tuning, believe it or not, um, the song the dotted line was at least from my memory okay it was a guitar riff that i wrote a long time ago and i did it with the top string on my guitar tuned down to c okay at least that was my working memory of this guitar line but so i tu- you know i'm getting ready to play the guitars into this song and I tuned down to C and I started to play what I remembered to be the chord progression of the dotted line and it wound up being wrong. When I played it against the original guitars that existed, I realized there was a major discrepancy there and for the life of me, (laughs) even to this moment right now, I cannot figure out what I was playing. I, I tried, you know, the drop C tuning on my guitar, um, didn't work. I went back up to standard tuning E, that didn't work. I went to D, that didn't work. And then I remembered that at some point in my songwriting in the past, you know, 10 or 15 years, I had done a song. I don't remember what song it was, but one of the songs I did, I tuned that string from E To F, I went up. Okay. So I'm like, ah, maybe that's it. So I tuned my guitar up to F, the top string. I start to play the chord progression, and then I realized, okay, that it was the same chord progression as the dotted line, but it was another song I released called Love is the Happiest Way. All right. So I kind of like, on the fly, you know, decided, well, while I have these drums going and I have this tempo, everything's there, I'll just play the guitar line for Love is the Happiest Way against these drums and we'll see how it goes. And the next thing you know, you know, this song, The Dotted Line, which was slated to be next in order and in sequence was no longer there. It's no longer the next song. The next song would be Love is the Happiest Way. And at the end of this podcast, I'll let you hear the original version of Love is the Happiest Way. Because let me tell you, <laughs> this new version that I did of it is really leaps and bounds. Uh, 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 you know, Distant, uh, away from that original version. And it was not the plan I I had to change, you know, it changed and I didn't really plan it. I didn't want it to change, but that's how this album has gone. It's just these weird kind of cosmic events that take place and it changes my plan. You know, um, I can give you another example. Okay. This is just, (laughs) this is how it's happening. Right. Um, I did a song called An Ode to the Spirit, a very old idea that I had, and I had decided to redo it and put it on this album. So I did, and the original version didn't have drums, you know, it was more of like a orchestral kind of piece. But I decided in this new version, I would try at least to put some drums in and just kind of see how it went, you know, see where it went. And it sounded pretty good, and that's the version that you'll hear, you know, on the album that you that you hear. But what you probably don't realize, okay, and this is a crazy, crazy thing, totally unplanned change, okay. Um, I found this wave file, okay. It was a, an old, like experimental wave file thing, like a. A collage of sounds that I had made a long, long time ago okay uh, man at least 20 years maybe more and I had made it and I had it on a CD somewhere and I happened to find it and I thought, wow, that's an interesting sounding thing maybe I can use that for a new idea because like a jumping off point. well I load this uh, this cacophony of sound that I had made uh, this wave file you know stereo wave file I loaded it into my system into my session uh, for an ode to the spirit so I had the guitar line the drums and everything from an ode to the spirit but then I introduced this new weird experimental thing into that mix and it just so happened to work out chromatically it, you know it, it was sympathetic to the guitars that were there and everything do you follow me I hope you do it's probably a little confusing but the long and the short of it is is that as soon as I put this experimental wave file thing into this session all of a sudden an ode to the spirit became a completely different song all I changed was just inserting this Wave file into the song. Same drums, same vocals, same every same guitars, same everything, except for this new wave that I put in there, this new keyboard-based cacophony of sound, and it completely changed the song. And then that song, that that thing that I created that day became the song Lust. Yeah. So if you go back and listen to An Ode to the Spirit and then you go and listen to Lust, you'll hear it. It's exactly the same song except for that key change. Same guitar lines, same notes, uh, different lyrics, of course, different melodies and stuff, different arrangement, I guess, a little bit. But, you know, this, this... weird experimental thing spawned this song Lust that wound up becoming like you know the song I was working on and I didn't want to I didn't choose that it just kind of happened to work out that way it was another one of those cosmic tumbler things where it's like what a strange strange thing and uh, I thought it was kind of cool to do that right to take uh, an existing song and like use it again but change it and, and make it so that probably the audience wouldn't even notice that it's the same. But it is. You could practically lay them on top of each other, and it's the same song, just a different chord progression or a different key. You know? It's crazy. I didn't plan that. That change came about, and I just had to go with it. Um, so, you now here I am now working on this song... Love is the Happiest Way this new version and, you know, that was not the plan that was not going to be song number 11 (laughs) it was not the dotted line was supposed to be song number 11 and I was going to close the album with the dotted line that was my original plan but now, you know, I've got this version of Love is the Happiest Way and this version of the dotted line and there have both very similar same tempo same chord progression just tuned up the top string is just tuned to a different tuning right there's that idea of change just, I had no no plan to do that it just kind of worked and you know there I was instead of working on the dotted line I was working on love is the happiest way you know um a strange strange thing but another example of you know undecided change you know just worked out you know it just happened and um well you know i guess i suppose i have to embrace that when that comes around it's pretty exciting when you realize that kind of thing or when that kind of thing happens but um you know not my plan you know anyway so back to this idea of change okay um Have you ever thought about that? About your own personal ability to change or your own personal desire to change? Do you accept and embrace change or do you avoid it? You know, are you the kind of person that likes things to kind of stay the same, even keel, you know? Um, I would say that I am. I would, although I do like to change things. I like to experiment and I like to play around with ideas and stuff for the most part there is a part of me that wants to have things stay the same you know and um you know like uh, i'm the kind of person i guess like when i go to a restaurant let's say and i find on the menu there's something i want to get the first time i ever go to the restaurant you know first time i'm there um i'll pick something it'll be good and then Every time I go there, you know, like my instinct is to get what I'm already familiar with. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I don't change that. If we're going to go to this restaurant, this is what I eat when I go to that restaurant. Now, my wife, thankfully, is the kind of person that will encourage me to change. You know, she'll kind of suggest it and... You know I might be reluctant to listen to her (laughs) okay because uh, I don't want to take a risk you know in getting something that I don't want or I'm not going to like that sounds funny to me just saying it okay but it's true I'm that way and and she'll kind of like nudge me a little bit like here why don't you try something different in fact especially when it comes to food or anything outside of the music, really. Um, If it were not for her, I would probably never change. (laughs) I would just keep going the way I am. But, you know, I have this person in my life that kind of encourages that. And you know what? I got to say, after being married for 16 years now, you know, it's worked to my advantage. You know, it's a good thing. Change is a good thing sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes it's a good thing. And that's just with something like, you know, food on a menu or something. But you can take that and apply it to anything else in life, right? I mean, haven't you ever met somebody who just will not change? They won't change. You know, it's like it it could be the most frustrating thing in the world, you know, that this person will not change. I mean, I've even seen people that they kind of get like they get like stuck, you know, they get stuck in a in a look. Let's say when they were 18, their hairstyle and their clothing, you know, was popular. It helped them be popular or it worked, you know, it didn't cause any conflict They weren't made fun of. or They weren't ridiculed, right? So, you know, 40 years later, they have the same haircut and they wear the same kind of clothes. Like they didn't want anything to change. They didn't want to run that risk, you know, of changing and then having it backfire. And I suppose like when I was talking earlier about being motivated by fear to change sometimes maybe we're motivated by fear to not change probably more often than not right like it's really kind of uh you know it's kind of a serious thing in one's life isn't it you know to not cause conflict i mean most people i think don't really want conflict they want to have things be steady peaceful easygoing Right. And as soon as you start introducing this idea of change, you know, you start rocking the boat, you start changing things. And that can be very, very uncomfortable for a lot of people and for myself included. But fortunately, you know, I think just by my nature of being, you know, what, a creative person or something or um, at least you know, trying to be intellectually open right and uh, see the truth and things and I try right um, I gotta say that you know it, I, I, I do have the ability to change you know I do have that ability I, I can look at myself in the mirror and analyze myself enough to know you know what buddy you need to change something needs to change Right? Do you ever do that for yourself? Do you ever think like that? Like I really need to. This needs to end. You know, you reach a a situation maybe like with a friend, you know, where uh, they they keep disappointing you, right? Or they keep doing the same thing that is not good. Something you don't, you do not appreciate. You do not like, and you reach that point where you say, "I gotta change." You know, this, is, this has got to change. I am not doing this anymore. You know, um, there's been a few things like that in my life. You know, how about you? Huh? Have you ever changed? Have you ever really had a major, massive change? And something that you elected yourself, you decided yourself, you know, not encouraged by anyone else, not some outside influence. You just kind of go, you know what? I'm done. You know, I'm done with this. I'm done with this. It's time for me to change. It's time for change. You know, maybe I'm thinking about all this stuff because I'm, you know, doing my semi-annual clean-out of my studio, you know, because it gets pretty nasty in my studio. I mean, I spend a lot of time in here. There's a lot of food eaten in here. There's a lot of... (laughs) life lived in this room and after six months it can get pretty nasty you know even though I try to keep a handle on it you know it gets away from me at some point so every six months I make a point of going through my studio cleaning it out very good removing everything from the room steam clean the carpets wipe down the walls you know the whole nine yards like I just I, I clean it really good and uh, throw away A lot of things. And there's a lot of change (laughs) that takes place during my semi-annual studio cleaning. You know, things get moved around, rearranged, new environment, clean environment, organized, tight. You know, it's really kind of nice. It's why I haven't been releasing a whole lot of new music lately because I've been, you know, my studio has been down due to the cleaning. But uh, it's such a good idea. I don't know if you're a creative person or not or anything, but um, if you are and you're like me, you know, you're motivated by your environment, like it has a lot to do with the vibe and, you know, your creativity. For me, it's definitely that way. And having like a, a space that is organized and clean and reset, like ready it's a very good change to make. It's a very good practice, you know. Um, yeah, change. I'm just—I could talk about change. You know, there's so many aspects of it. You know, it's good to change. It's good, uh, you know, to not hold on so tight to certain things. You know, and uh, you know, likes and dislikes. Those things change as you get older, right? Your likes and dislikes. Um, Like, for instance, when I was younger, much younger, I really, really liked football a lot. I grew up in a city, Cleveland, where the Cleveland Browns, you know, well, they weren't a religion, but they were really close to that. Okay, in that town. I don't care what anybody says who's from Cleveland. Uh, It's not a baseball town. It's not a basketball town. They don't even have a hockey team. It was a football town. It was a steel town and it was a football town. And I was raised on football. I mean, I played football on a team. I played football in my front yard. I watched football on TV. I mean, it was cultural, right? But lately, I got to say, especially lately, that Tom Brady has left the Patriots. <laughs> no, just kidding. Cam Newton's doing just fine. And Tom Brady hopefully will do just fine as as well. Um, Wish him well. I wish him well. Sad that he left. It's a sad thing. It really is. There was sadness in my house when he left New England. But, you know, it's it's a little bit better. Not as painful with Cam Newton playing as well as he is right now. We'll see how long that lasts. Anyway, my point was, um, lately I've kind of found myself getting really turned off. Um, by the NFL, you know, and it's not because of the po- the politics and all that stuff going on. I, I couldn't care less about that stuff. I, I think it's kind of, I don't know, not necessary and uh, not worth getting upset about or anything. I don't even pay attention, really. But what I don't like about football, this is a major turnoff, is uh, a major change, too, in my Personality or my likes and dislikes. Um, there's this diva quality to football players now that I just can't stand. I mean, if you remember me talking in past episodes about the one thing that I cannot stand is like arrogance. I can't stand it. Okay, it instantly pisses me off. And when I see these football players, these NFL players, as talented as they are, as athletic as they are, whatever, with this attitude like they are gods, you know, like they are royalty and, you know, they are all that and a bag of chips, right? Oh, I just can't stand it. And as you know, recently I started to pay attention to hockey and I never really uh, grew up with hockey, you know, it was unfamiliar to me. Um, We didn't have a hockey team in Cleveland, but here in Massachusetts, Boston, you know, we have the Bruins, one of the original six, you know. Um, And so recently I've tuned into hockey and I found myself, believe it or not, actually liking hockey, okay, more than football. Doesn't sound like a very big deal, but trust me, okay, okay. Like I said, football for me was cultural. So the the even the notion of me uh, placing any other sport above that, above football, I don't know. But I'll tell you what, with these hockey players, they are so athletic. They're fantastic athletes. And um, just standing on ice skates, you know, for me... Is like, you know, forget about it. You know, I'm not coordinated enough to do that. You know, and to watch these guys just do what they do. And then there is no diva quality to it. They don't talk about how great they are. They don't celebrate and dance. And, you know, just it's just a completely, completely different mindset, a completely different attitude towards the sport. And, I'll tell you what, it appeals to me a lot more, a hell of a lot more than football does. I just, I can't take it, you know, after a while. I can't take the arrogance and the the braggadocio, you know, this having to say how great you are all the time and make the world believe it. You know, it's like, calm down. You're an athlete and you're really good, but you're not a deity. You know, um, and with hockey, you just get none of that. It's a completely different code, you know, a different way. And, And like I said, it doesn't sound like much, but for me, it's a seismic shift in my likes and dislikes. And it's real, and that happens. You know, that can happen with me. I can change. And not just with sports and football and hockey, I mean, I can change. I can look at myself. I'm a happy innovator. I can, I can look in the mirror. I can say, "Hey, you know what? It's time to change," you know. And uh, you know, I've been ranting and ranting and ranting about change. I mean, I could do probably three podcasts on this. I don't know. Maybe I'll talk about it again after I think about it a little bit more in the next podcast. But I suppose for now, I should probably just get out of here and you know get on with my. New song that I'm working on, and then making a video, and all that stuff. I got to do that, and uh, finish the deep clean of my studio, right? And get the fin- the finishing touches done. But um, yeah, so I'll I'll leave it there for now, and I'll pick it up probably next week. We'll see. Um, d- you know, it depends on how much time I have, obviously. But uh, I always want to talk. Okay, it's just just so you know, I always want to talk. But I don't always have time to. So uh, thank you for your patience. You know, I'm not like other podcasts where, you know, I deliver one every week or something, every Tuesday or something. It's like I kind of do it when I can. Uh, But uh, just so you know, I always want to. And uh, just because I want to doesn't mean that I can get to it and get it done. So, um, you know, I guess it's, uh, (laughs) you know, maybe something I should... (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's something I should change. (laughs) Another change. Oh, oh, okay. Anyway, so ladies and gentlemen, my happy innovators, my dear, dear, happy innovators. uh, Stay tuned for new music coming from Pipe Choir. Uh, Got something coming really soon. And then I got everything kind of like in the can ready for the next. I mean, I got it all mapped out. You know, provided that nothing changes. Um, I don't foresee any changes. Uh, unforeseen change. Okay, yeah. And foreseen change. There's are two. Uh, that's a whole nother podcast. Anyway, uh, this is Mike Bostwick from Pipe Choir Records signing off. And remember, folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy, everybody. Okay, happy innovators. I got some music for you today. I'm going to share with you, I think, the song Love is the Happiest Way, which is going to be the next pipe choir song, at least according to my plan right now. It's going to be the next pipe choir song that's released, a new version of it. And I'm also going to share with you the dotted line, which is going to come immediately after Love is the Happiest Way. And, you know, I talked about it in the podcast earlier, um, that they're both really technically the same song, just tuned differently in a different key. The chord progression is being played in a different key. So um, you can kind of get an idea of what I'm talking about by listening to these two songs back to back. You can hear how just by tuning... Uh, the top string of my guitar to F instead of E, it becomes a completely different song. The mood and the vibe and everything changes just by tuning that string. Kind of neat. And, you know, an opportunity for you to hear a preview, really, of the next two songs for my new Pipe Choir album. And they will be the two songs that conclude the album it'll be a 12 song album and these will be the last two love is the happiest way and the dotted line so without any further ado check it out Uh, have a good week everybody stay safe have fun and uh you know contemplate that idea of change and eh, maybe i'll talk about it a little bit more in the next podcast we'll see maybe i'll change my mind uh peace out everybody